she's head of the resistance in a galaxy far away. She's Princess Leia in the Star Wars films. Carrie Fisher, thanks for being here. Look, I wouldn't be anywhere else at this hour. I know, it's early, right? But I know your brain is always thinking. And I think in my mouth, so I don't lie. <laughs> is that why you stuck your finger in Ben Kenobi's mouth? I did, because his tongue matches the sweater. His tongue was brown like his sweater? Gary. Yeah? You saw it. Gary did see it. Wait, who's Gary? I'm Gary. This is Gary. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so in the new Star Wars, rumor has it that you kind of get a thing for Yoda. Well, that would be really weird. Yeah, it would. Well, he's very wise, and his face is kind of cute, like a cat. He really likes looking at himself. Well, wouldn't you if you looked like that? I'd be in the mirror making quirky, funny faces all day. Gary's bored as hell. No, I'm not. I'm talking to Princess Leia. Princess Leia? Princess Leia? Yes. You're tired of being called Princess Leia, huh? I've been Princess Leia for 40 years. Okay, forget Star Wars. What is your favorite Nirvana album? Never mind. Never mind? I love that record. It's really good. Welcome to episode 16. Yeah, this is a crazy one with uh, New York comedian Brooke Arnold talking about growing up in the uh, ATI cult in Texas. It stands for the Advanced Training Institute. And uh, everyone homeschools their kids and the women have no rights. And uh, it sounds pretty crazy. You'll hear all about it. It's also the cult where the Duger family is from. Josh Duger, the reality TV star. You know, the one that just got arrested for molesting children? Yeah, that TV star. Good timing for this, because religion is all in the news. Religion, religion, religion. I don't know what's going on. I think I say this in this episode. I see the, the draw of it. You know, life's not easy. People want to just have all the answers and be told what to do sometimes. Religion will do that for you. Give you what you think is a meaning. Might be the wrong meaning. Maybe there is no meaning. Maybe you should just be a good person and uh, enjoy your life and not affect anybody else's life in a negative way. Only in a positive way. All right, this is a good episode. It's pretty intense. Hope you enjoy my conversation with uh, Matt Kaplan and Brooke Arnold. Actually, a couple of them moved to New York since I've been here. <laughs> where in Texas did you grow up? I grew up in a horrible place called College Station. Col- where is that in relation it's to Austin three, or Dallas? It's three hours south of Dallas, one hour north of Houston. Okay. So it's like a little bit between the two of them. But it's like where Texas A&M is. Okay. Uh, George the First. Is it a college town? It is a college town. Okay. George the First has his presidential library there. Mm. Um, 
and it, we once were made fun of by Julia Roberts in the movie uh, My Best Friend's Wedding. That is our only claim. What did she say about your <laughs> town? Well, Lyle Lovett is actually from College Station and oh, lives wow. there. So mm-hmm. when she was briefly married to him yeah. in the 90s, she lived there, uh, which is like really weird to like go into the Pizza Hut, which is the nicest restaurant in town. And like Julia mm. Roberts is sitting there like I'm eating sh- pizza. Wow. <laughs> she must have really loved him. <laughs> she, yeah, she must have. So they, after they got divorced, like the first movie she made was My Best Friend's Wedding. And so there's this throwaway line where she's like talking to camera trying to talk Cameron Diaz out of marrying that guy no one remembers who he is and she's like you can't marry a sports writer you'll have to go spend your life in horrible places like College Station Texas <laughs> and it's like so pointed and like out of place in the movie that you're like you know she just like was right. that was a dig at Lyle right, <laughs> you'll be having date night at the Pizza Hut <laughs> <laughs> man Texas is a rough place to grow up I bet I think uh, I it's mixed, you know. Like I, I mean, it's such a beautiful place. Like, uh, like it's a it's a beautiful place naturally, and the people are really nice, you know. But yeah, yes. it's pretty conservative. It's you know, like if you're someone like me, um, it was it still feels very stifling. I guess mm-hmm. yeah. That's a weird thing about the South in general is that the people are very nice and kind and warm. Yeah. But they are so socially and often very religious and backwards and yeah. constricting and close-minded. Yeah, it's interesting. It's because there's a, that kind of like a juxtaposition with like the Northeast, which is more progressive, but people are so, colder. Much, so much colder. Yeah. yeah. It's very tricky to work, work it out. Yeah. Yeah, I lived in California for... Uh, almost 10 years and people there are well at least southern california very warm right open you know hug hello and stuff and also very open-minded so so it's culture shock coming from there to new york right where everyone just like glares at you yeah cold and no touching anybody right yeah although everybody in comedy touches each other which i really hate really yeah i don't experience that as a guy really yeah Every freaking person you're like, hi, and you've met them one time and they like hug you and it's like, ew, stop, please. They're trying to steal your jokes by hugging <laughs> <you>. <laughs> They're in here somewhere. <laughs> There's plenty of room. <laughs> so wait, you don't like... So my li- hair is so big. That's where I keep all my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to steal them out of your hair. <laughs> really? I do not experience that. Really? Yeah. Every single... Like you seriously, I met like this... I met the person one time and they're like, hi. And I'm like, oh, stop, please. Why don't it. you like the hug? I just don't want to hug people that I'm not close to. Mm-hmm. I'm totally happy to hug people that I like and care about and are my friends. Like, yeah. that's great. I'll do that all day long. But <laughs> like smelly guys that I've met like one time and he's like, thanks for doing my show. And you're right. like, oh. <laughs> go away. That is so fascinating. Well, I think there, there's like, different. there's no equivalent to like the, the handshake. Like it's awkward to shake a woman's hand, but sometimes you don't want to, uh, you know, it seems cold, I, I guess, to shake a woman's hand, at least yeah. from my experiences. Really? Yeah. It seems like informal. Like a guy's like, hey, man, let's shake hands. But like, I feel like if I'm, and, and, and I struggle with the hugging versus the handshaking, but I feel like if I go for the handshake, I'm almost insulting them. Like, 
you know, I'm keeping you at a at a male like distance. Well, the handshake is a male thing. It's right. like from fighting. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're showing you're not carrying a weapon. Okay. So yeah. what? There, there, I mean, you you would prefer a guy to just shake your hand, yeah. or, or is there something a different thing, something a little more feminine than you could than shake the hand, or just like maybe like pat on the forearm, pat like on the hi, forearm. how that are seems you? Weird. You know, like hi, how are, <laughs> hi, how are you? You know, like right. that just that seems yeah. that's less invasive than mm-hmm. like what about the side shoving hug? my face in your. Yo, armpit. What about the side hug? I'll sometimes like kind of like do a you <laughs> know where you're parallel, both facing the same direction. Okay. And do yeah, a side yeah hug. the side hug is fine. I feel like you can get away with the hugs because like you're a genuinely nice, warm person. Like I would never feel awkward if you hugged me. But there's just a lot of people that like. Are, are you like, just saying that? I feel like you might just be saying. No, that. no, I'm being. I'm remember compulsively honest. Oh, right. I would be like, you're creepy if I think you're creepy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, the, it wouldn't be in your basement. <laughs> that's true. I got you this far. It's the comic that there's just did 10 minutes of like degrading women jokes. Right, and right. For a sweaty the, hug. Right. The yeah. guy who's like, I, I can't get off unless the woman feels like she's being raped while we have sex. Hug me. And it's yeah. like, oh. <laughs> right, <you> right. <laughs> Sometimes you see a, com- a lot of times at open mics, but you're like, he's, this comedian is about, three minutes away from just shooting up this room yes yes i'm actually surprised it doesn't happen more often i'm afraid we i'm afraid to even put that out there (laughs) i feel like that's just too much work for most comics you know in their mind they're they're shooting up the room but they're not to go ahead and get a gun like can you imagine like a your average comic trying to get a gun on the black market scary people sometimes there are some really scary people i think you know that's interesting i wonder if like a place like Texas where there are a lot of guns like if they right. had if they had a bigger open mic scene <laughs> it's like there would be shootings at them regularly yeah. like people would be like I'm going to Walmart I'll be right back oh god <laughs> were you were you doing stand up when you were in uh, Texas no I started it here okay yeah that's probably safer I know right <laughs> I yeah I was like I, you know, never envisioned myself even doing anything like that it's so it was shooting so up a room or stand up either either probably <laughs> that's nice to hear i don't like guns guns kind of i grew up around guns like i learned how to shoot a gun when i was like four years old you know your like, parents had guns oh yeah everyone in the town had guns yeah i mean we had like my we had lots of guns it wasn't just like a gun like my dad keeps one next to the bed on his side and then my mom has a pistol on her nightstand and then like just out in the open yeah with children yeah Why? well maybe not so much when we were kids but they have that now now um but no there was always like one loaded gun by the bed just in case of an, an, an intruder intruders yeah and then there's like the collection of like rifles is it a high high crime area or something no it's just a, it's just a Texas. It's just very much like a Texas thing. Everybody just, has lots of guns. So do you? Where do you stand on the argument? Is it safer that way, or is it? Just scary? <laughs> we're just going to gun. <laughs> we're just like going to gun control. I don't know. I honestly like. I think that there should be like regulations on like assault rifles and stuff. But I do think that you know there are larger issues that get ignored with like the public shootings like the fact that like our country has no mental like no support for people with mental illnesses and like since you know like i feel like to me like that's the guns are more of a band-aid issue like yes Mm -hmm. people use the guns to kill people but what is the what was the motivation for that? Like you know, like ma- everyone in my family has guns and they've never shot another person, you yeah. know. And so it's not you know you know what I mean. But you, but you know them. 
Like I was yeah. with someone, uh, we were in Arizona and we're at a, or just like some you know yeah. diner kind of place in Arizona. And the waiter, the waiter had a gun that you could visibly <laughs> see. And I'm like, I want to get out of here. Yeah. And then the person I was with was like, no, I feel safe that he has a gun. <laughs> if anyone comes here to shoot up the place, the waiter's going to shoot him. I'm like, but you don't know the waiter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. You know, yeah. I, so I think it's, I think it's a complicated issue, but I don't yeah. think it's, yeah, I don't think it's just the guns, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. No, I know you wrote an article for Salon that talked about. I did. Yeah. You grew up in uh, a religious organization, some call it a cult. Yes. Called ATI. They weren't allowed to say that in uh, in Salon. They changed it to sect. Oh, sect the, right, is the pretty version, I guess. For legal reasons or? I think so, okay. yeah. The editor, I know the editor like said like she was very specific about that word. So Right, because cult has negative connotations. Right, right, yeah. And they're trying to do uh, unbalanced journalism. Is that why? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Or you, probably for legal reasons. Mm. All right. Slander. Yes. Libel. So it's basically like a large homeschool organization. Um, and so it started as like this kind of like series of seminars that this man would give. And he would like go and, you know, be like, this is the only way you can be a good Christian. Is that Gothard? Is yeah, that the guy's Gothard. Name? Yeah. What's his name? Richard Gothard? Bill. Bill, Bill Gothard. Bill. Bill. Is Bill. he the only cult leader named Bill? <laughs> I don't know. I just think sect. like the funny thing about it is when that came out, there were so many jokes about his name, last name being Gothard. Wow. And I never, that never occurred to me. And I was like, how could I have seen that for so many years? <laughs> Like not, right. I have a dirty mind. I'm like, how did that not, how did that not occur to me? Uh, so yeah, so he started like these seminars, and then he built like a homeschool organization, and then they for a while they had a law school, and then they had like a paramil. They have a paramilitary organization, basically like a little militia. I was also That's... not allowed to say militia <laughs> in salon. So they had a military organization, meaning that they were training people and arming them. Yes. All right. That's when the government starts to track <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there was basically like the idea was that like the guys would get trained to be like, you know, like volunteer firemen or something like that. But they went off and they did a boot camp and all this stuff. So why were they planning on making their own civilization? I don't know. I was not like that high up. In the, mm. or who knows like what kinds of things they were planning. A lot of, you know, like a lot of like really right Christians really believe that like, you know, there's we're living in some kind of like end of days scenario. And right. at any moment, like the world's just going to go to hell. The Antichrist, a lot of them believe that Obama is the Antichrist, right, you right. know, and then the left behind novels are y'all, y'all familiar with those? Yeah. The Antichrist in those books. What are the left behind novels? It's a series of novels, like about the rapture and like the return of Christ and the Antichrist. Who like, wrote these novels? Some idiot in Texas, I'm sure. Okay. I don't know so what his name is. They made like movies about it. Yeah, too. Like they Kirk made Cameron movies. Cameron was in like one of the. the they, movies, they were like or? the New York Times best-selling books for like a decade. Like people okay. were obsessed. Like it was. They were like a big, <clears throat> not just like in Christ, small Christian circles. Like they were like huge, well, like York national Times bestsellers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and so like the Antichrist in those books was actually the first black president. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, so they're like, they're predicting it. Yeah. yeah. So then now people are like, oh, that abomination. He's, uh-huh. he's the first, he's the Antichrist, you know? So people get really, I think that there's like, that that's probably connected to it. Like the whole paramilitary thing. 
So they think the government's going to come after them. I think so. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think in any in any religious in any religious organization, there's always extreme paranoia about like anything, any kind of like outside authority figures. And yeah. I've read about this like being true in Mormon churches also, like mm-hmm. where you're kind of like children are raised to believe like you don't trust doctors, you don't trust police officers, you don't trust. Um, Teachers, you yeah, know, like no usually. one else, no authority figure outside of the church or the, mm-hmm. the parents is like a is a trustworthy figure, right? Well, that's how you keep people loyal and reliant on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah but you also have to be pretty damn competent to pull that off, right. you know. So it's like I think that's even you know to maybe a lesser degree, but even just culturally, like different cultures around the city, different neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. That that's the case as well. We don't trust anyone outside of our own immediate neighborhood and culture. Well, I don't know about that. I think it's true. Going to uh, Chinatown, you know, yeah, they don't, they don't trust you. Yeah. I mean, New York City is like a good melting pot. But yeah, maybe China. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. But before, before Specifically talk, Chinese people, I'm saying. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Just the Chinese. <laughs> before I talk more about the ATI sure, stuff. Sure. How do you feel about it now, just so I know not to offend you? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Like, what do I believe now? Um, well, how do you feel about them? Are they a negative in your mind? or? Oh, absolutely. It is a negative in absolutely. your mind. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's tricky to talk about because I, you know, I didn't really realize that, like, as many people would read that as they did. It was really, sho- it was really shocking the to me. The Salon article. Yeah, there's so much stuff on the internet like you don't think i'm going to post something on the internet and hundreds of thousands millions of people are going to read this you know and i'm going to get hundreds of thousands of letters you know you don't think that at all you think oh this is just another like i'm throwing one more pebble into the ocean of like too much junk on the internet (laughs) and then so suddenly it like became this big deal and i was like really blown away by it because i was not expecting that kind of well, the timing was right with uh, the, Josh Duger well, getting busted. The timing and the timing was like intentional because I I wanted to, you know, like he got busted and I felt like the discourse was very partisan, you know. So mm. there was like the people on the right being like, "He's absolutely right. He's okay. We love him." And right. then the people on the left being like, "Ha ha 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 ha! You got caught. You got you know." So like, you felt like there was there a was dialogue like, missing, right? There was like gloating, and so I wanted to like say like, "Hey, actually, he's not a hypocrite for this because uh-huh. this is a natural." outgrowth of the teachings of this organization that he's a part of like this kind of like um sexual abuse is very common in people who are members amongst people who are members of that group why and also why is it a natural outgrowth of it just because i because of you know some of their teachings about women and sex like for example like women aren't allowed to say no to sex Wow. With their husbands. I mean, they can say no to sex with their, uh, with like, <laughs> random stranger. But, like, if your husband, once you're married, he is God's authority over you in every oh, way. So, so like, women are you're. Second. Oh, yeah. Second That's class. pretty much any kind of religion, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think it, they just take it. Women are second class in pretty much any religion, but they take it to, like, the most literal, you know, right. like. It's a fundamentalist fundamentalism, right? We were going to take this the most liber- literal, like, outcome, right? So, like, actually, like, in our church, you know, like, there were people who would, like, not allow their daughters to get a driver's license, you know? Wow. And that would be her husband's decision. Once she got married, he could say, okay, yeah, you can get a driver's license. Were your parents born into this? No, they, like, 
they actually became uh, they like became Christians when I was around seven. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't even born into it. Okay, so then they were they were just regular, we just, were just regular Christians. No, we weren't <laughs> even Christians at all. Uh-huh. We were like, I seriously did not go to church one time the first seven years of my life. And my parents were like out drinking every night really? and like partying. How did they end up in this thing then? Because they sound like, how do you end up in that? <laughs> Especially good- your mom. Right? It's such a good question. I, I've never really, you know, it's something we don't really talk about. It's such a dis- it's such a level of, there's such a deep level of discomfort there. Are they you know? still in it? No, but they're still like very religious. Okay. But yeah. they're not is, in Is your brother too. older or younger than you? He's older. Okay. Yeah. And he married a girl from our church who'd also been, who'd been born into this. And like her family was like a lot more involved in all of this, the, the actual ATI stuff than we were. But like, he married her and then she and they kind of slowly drifted away. It was like there, but it was a, like a longer kind of drift for them. I mean, how does your mom go into this just accepting that uh, she has to <laughs> abide by your dad's wishes? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think that, you know, there it comes from like a genuine belief in mm. like, this is what you have to do to be saved. Like, this is what you have to do to go to heaven. You do know? you see the attraction in it? Because I can kind of see it. <laughs> really? Of course you can. <laughs> no, 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 no. I set myself up for that. <laughs> for everyone's perspective, because it is a way of letting go. Yeah. You let go of your own free will. Right. And that's kind of relieving sometimes. Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, I have I have empathy for the decision because I think that it came from a good like it didn't come from malicious wasn't a malicious decision right it just ended up like really ruining my life (laughs) (laughs) so i'm mad about that part but i'm like oh i kind of you know i think like i read this article and i thought it was really spot on that like this kind of like authoritarian religious organization actually most usually appeals to like people with like narcissistic personalities so Uh it's like the idea is like you're the authority you're the absolute authority over like what your children are doing what they're learning who they're seeing you know like you control every single part and it's justified of by, their life this religious right sect. and it's justified by god yeah. and so like you mm. are like god's appointed mm. you're special you're special yeah. yeah there's a there was a lot of like we're special and everyone else you know like people like that we would consider Christians, you know, like people who go to church every Sunday and say they believe in Jesus. Like we would, we didn't consider them Christians. We're like, they're not real Christians. Oh, now you're above everybody, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah. You're better than everybody. Yeah. So you're so more holy. How old were you when they fell into this? Uh, so I was seven when my parents started going to church. ATI church. No, we started at a different one okay. and then went to, we kind of like, and went like more into it. And then, like, like very quickly after we started doing... Um, were they soul-searching? Were they looking for something? I don't know. Well, you said they were they were drinking. When you say drinking, do you yeah, mean yeah. drinking, drinking? Or, like, did I they... was pretty young, but I think there was some drinking. <laughs> so, okay. It could have just been that they, they were like, this this life we're living is no good. We need to yeah, I think, change you our know, ways some of that and get right and with God. There was, like, some financial difficulties. Mm-hmm. Like, we lost our house and stuff like that. So, I think, you know, you're looking for some, some kind of sense mm-hmm. of <clears throat> Maybe they hit normalcy. a kind of bottom or something? Yeah, maybe so. I've never, like I said, we've, nev- we've never talked about it. They just came home one day and they're like, hey, we're going to church on could Sunday. It, and I was like, just, what's church? You know? Right. And then it was all church all the time. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, it's interesting. The... Uh, so we started at this other church, but then like very soon after my parents got saved, they were like, we're going to homeschool you, mm-hmm. which 
there. <laughs> okay. You How know? old were you when they said that? I found that the last grade I did in school was the second grade. Wow. Yeah. Homeschooling is, I mean, good thing about being in school is that you're surrounded by other kids. Yeah. So you get a sense of yeah. society. Yeah. You know, you develop social skills. Yeah. You know, you um, become eligible for college scholarships. It's it's crazy that school. That's Were they school. equipped to homeschool you? I mean, do no. I need credentials? No. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> No, they neither. No, they were not. Um, and they just—it was just kind of you know, like I, I did not learn any like math beyond like, you know, like I don't even know what grade it would be, but right. like basic division, like that's my math. <laughs> and that's part of the ATI sect is the homeschool, right? Mm-hmm. It's all homeschool. Everyone- it's all homeschool, and so that's how we got. We started homeschooling first, mm-hmm. and then we started going to the church in town. That where everybody homeschooled, and so it was like a church where every single family homeschooled their kids, and a huge bulk of the people at the church were also in ATI. So that's like how we kind of got involved. Can you, in can that. you be Christian and ATI? Yeah, you can. Okay, so ATI. You are a Christian. You are. Yeah, you're a Christian. It's just basically like a a con- It's like a, just a cert- certain set of teachings. Okay. So it's like wear long skirt women wear long skirts women always obey their husband it's a really it was one of the big proponents of like the no birth control so like women you're not allowed to use birth control you know um so there was like all these specific rules rules. so basically it's like christianity with added on rules right (laughs) because christianity needs more rules right right it's like 19th century rules (laughs) these are this is what we've added on to here so i mean was your mom like that before I ask your mom, because it seems like it'd be much harder as a woman. The interesting thing is, like, I, I always felt like my mom was kind of more the driving force behind it than my dad. Like, she huh. was one of the one who was much more kind of like, I think my dad would have been like, yeah, cool, we'll just go to church, you right. know. Um, of course, she now, you know, the, the last time we talked, she actually told me that she thinks it's very unfair that I blame her more. Uh-huh. Um, so I guess that's not her perspective on it. Is your relationship with her fractured from this? Very, very. Yeah, I have not talked to her in a long time. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really sad. Was there a blowout that happened? There was a blowout, yeah. You know, I mean, it was just, you know, it just, if I need to be who I am and there's an inability to accept who you want, who you are, who I am, who you're becoming, who, who, yeah, th- that the fact that like I, you know, decided like, well, I'm going to go to college and I'm not going to be a Christian and mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to do this and you know, like I'm going to live with my boyfriend, you know, like and so there was this kind of like inability I felt like to accept that and so like I just had to, you know, kind of free myself up. Good, it's, good on you. I guess it, it's so painful. It's so painful. Yeah. It hurts like every day. I'm like, oh. Every day, I'm sure every day you yeah. think of her. Yeah, I do. It's really sad. I, I wish more than anything that it weren't, weren't the case. And I'm hope, I hope someday that I, it doesn't have to be. But I think for now, it's just what I need to do for myself. When's the last time you two checked in? I haven't talked to her since like last February. Okay. So, so a while. eight, nine months. Yeah, yeah. Not that long, I guess. You, you're in touch with your father? Yeah, here and there. And your brother? Yeah. Okay. But and you, is your brother have a good relationship with your parents or healthy or? Yeah, you know, I mean, he seems to get along yeah. with, they, he like spends Christmas with them and stuff. So he seems to get along. He was always a lot more, um, 
he was kind of like the golden child in my family. Mm-hmm. So, you know. But they've all, they've all. But I was kind of like the, whatever the opposite of golden is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, yeah. Brown. In, in the can lives, do no yeah. right. He was the can do no wrong. I was the can do no right, you <clears> know, <throat> kind of thing. So. So they're still very religious. Yes. But not part of the ATI situation. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do they feel about your half Jew boyfriend? They're just glad he's a man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's progress. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, like we were definitely like a little nervous about it. He and I were like when he, we went to Texas, we went to Texas like la- like two years ago or something to meet them. And he was like, my dad was like really into this idea of like, I want to take him shooting. I want to take him shooting, you know? Uh-huh. And I think it was just like this kind of like my dad thought, in my dad's mind, it was like, th- he would really, he's never shot a gun. He's from New York. He'll think this is super cool. It's bonding. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, to him, it's like this male ma- bonding. It's male bonding. Like, let's take, I'll take him in the woods and we'll shoot some guns, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And then my boyfriend was just like, is he going to kill me? Wow. <laughs> like, is he going to be like, this is for fucking my daughter, right. you know, and just well, shoot me in the face? And I was like, they, no, you'll be fine. <laughs> how do they feel about you living together unmarried? They probably don't love that. I don't think they're, I don't think they like it, but like, you know, it was kind of the point in like my life where I've just like, I do what I want, you know, and they they kind of, I, I, they don't say we don't like it, but I'm sure, you know, my mom kept being like, when are you going to get married? When are you going to get married? When are you going to get married? I've had this problem because my (laughs) father is very religious where when I was with my girlfriend and we'd go to stay at his place, he wouldn't let us sleep in the same room. Oh, yeah. So we never slept over there. (laughs) We would just go sleep somewhere else. Interesting. His loss, but it was like, you know what? We already lived together for many years. I'm not going to be a child in the house. Yeah. It's it's a really tough situation. I'm sure they didn't let you sleep in the same room. They actually did. They did? They actually did. Wow. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's an interesting thing about like, it's hard to explain like but like i think that people from the outside like if you've never been involved in like an extra you know my boyfriend was just like blown away by that he could not get this through his head but like yeah there's well, a culture like, shock on like several levels right texas right are- right it's like texas christians you know like all this guns you know yeah but the, the funny thing about it is like i think people who've never been part of like an extreme religion think that those people are like all religious all the time right and that's mm. true to a certain extent but everybody's a hypocrite Yes. In some way. And everyone's a flawed person. Right. In some and way. everybody's screwing up, you yep. know? So it's like with my family, like it was funny. So we would go through these like periods of time where we would like be really strict. And it's like, we're not going to watch any movies. We're going to listen to any music. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. We're going to do this. And my, like my brother and I would not be allowed to watch movies. <laughs> like we'd hear my parents like watching Roseanne, you know, right. in the living room after we went to sleep, you know? Yep. So there's always like those like little compromises like nobody can be like that person it's like a little glimpse of humanity all really. the time yeah and like there were people like in our church that were like they would like they would like when they weren't around the other church members they would wear like normal clothes right and then as soon as they saw the other church people they'd put on their like you know their like long dresses and right. like kind of like church it up you know like they would actually but they would actually hide adults would like hide from other adults that they secretly wore shorts, you know? And it's like, like a child, you're, you're an adult, like <laughs> yeah. wear what you want, you know? Mm-hmm. So when you realized this wasn't for you, was it like this big moment of clarity or was it like a building up uh, over years? It was like a building up. It was more like a kind of like a, like a one crack in the ice. And then the kind of, it kind of slowly mm-hmm. like 
went off in different different directions. And I think one of the interesting things for me was that it was less that I guess my my moving away from it was less that like my beliefs changed because when I left, I still believed in God. I still believed in Jesus. Like I wanted to go to heaven. I just had this like almost like this uncontrollable desire just to have more in my life. Like I wanted to travel and go to college and have friends and, you know, like do all of these things that have a job, have a job, you know, like all these things that I would never have been allowed to have. Right. And so I really, it was just like, it was more that I wanted those things so much Mm -hmm. that it kind of pulled me out of it so much as me being like, well... I don't think that verse was quite true, you know? <laughs> right, so it's like you faded out of it as you're getting these life experiences. Yeah, as you're getting these life experiences and you kind of start to learn more about the world, you know, and um, you kind of, yeah, it, it fades out. But then, like, the, the funny thing that I realized um, about two and a half years ago was I, you know, I, I realized that I kind of built a lot of my adult life on this, like, negation of the way that I was raised, right? Mm -hmm. So rather than like saying, I want to do X or I want to do this, it was like, screw you, I'm going to do this, you know? It's like, I'm not allowed to go to school. I'm going to get as much education as I can. PhD program, here I come, you know? Like that was my -hmm. my rebellion, you know? And then I got into it and I was like, oh, I really hate this. This is not for me, you know? And I, I had this really sad revelation that I was pretty old, but I'd spent almost my entire adult life just making decisions based off of rebelling rebelling and like negating the way and then i what i ended up feeling inside was just empty like i was completely hollowed out because i had i didn't have any kind of like positive foundation to build my life and so i started doing that you know a couple of years ago and trying to work to like who am I? What do I believe? What do I what, really yeah, want? What do I really want from yeah. life? You know, and like, what kind of person am I? Because I was like, you know, like when you're homeschooled, you're so isolated that I was like, in many ways, I think I was like very, probably still am, very like state of arrested development. You know, yeah. like I didn't really get things or understand the world, I think, you know, or people in the way that I could or should have. Absolutely. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you need other people and other experiences to know who you are. Yeah, and I think I shut myself off from a lot of those for many years because I, you know, was so used to all of my experiences with other people being being judged, you know? Yeah. That I just always assumed that everyone I met judged me and hated me, you know, and was kind of constantly anxious whenever I was around somebody because that's all I expected them to do. And then I kind of started to, like, actively try to soften on that a bit and kind of, like, mm-hmm. learn to appreciate people and know people and think that people can be more than that well it makes sense that it was really hard to get in touch with who you were yeah in that environment yeah yeah i mean you were not really because like you're not really allowed to have a like a inner dialogue mm-hmm. or because or inner monologue rather because like you have to be following all these rules and right. behaving in all these certain ways you know and it's like a big part of like the the thing is like they have like, these character traits so you have to be joyful and you have to be this and you have to be this and if you're not then you're sinful you know and so it's like you're con- you're constantly being controlled and not allowed to do anything or develop interests you know so but it's that's like, also the attraction of it cuz you it takes away that free will it's like oh thank god you right, just take right. It, literally <laughs> so it was like everything about my life was so controlled and so isolated that like I, you know, love performing now. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, like, if I had gone to school, would I have realized that when I was, like, 12 or 13 and had started then? Or was this, you know, like, you just don't really know. You don't right. have the, you don't have the, 
the option to really explore who you might be because you don't really have any options. Yeah. So it's like you're you're like gonna get married off to a guy. You're gonna have as many kids as as God gives you. And I've got big hips, so that would have been a lot. Right. <laughs> that would have been a lot of kids. So <laughs> I would have like. I don't know, like 12 kids by now and like be married to some dude since I was 18. And, you know, that would just be my life. And I was like, ugh. is that what people in ATI do? They yeah. get married that young. They get married really young. Mm-hmm. It's like, what else are you going to do? Like, you're not going to go to college. You're not going to date like, you know, and people are really, really horny. You know, they want to get you. You're right. not like having you because you're not allowed to do anything physical with anyone mm-hmm. until marriage. What about with yourself? Is that no, sin or no? Yeah. That's definitely a no. Okay. Definitely a no. So, but you're not allowed to like even like so you're you court a woman. You're not allowed to date. So the the way that it works. What's the difference? <laughs> the way that it works is basically, um, the guy, the young man, sees the girl, or God says, "Hey, you're supposed to be with such and such woman." So he calls, uh her father and he says i'm like so the guy would like call my dad and he'd be like i'm interested in Brooke." then my dad would decide either yes or no and like he has first say so it's almost like an arranged marriage kind of but it's like arranged between like god and your dad <laughs> i have no the, idea the men yeah the men god basically and, his other like men. The, and like you have a say so like you can say like no definitely okay. but like it's only after your dad is already had his say and then it's also that you know there were people that like i could tell like weren't that into like that were older than me that were getting married off in this way and they were like not that into their person but there was a lot of family pressure so like their dad's telling them god god told me this is your this is your husband you are you gonna disobey me and god you know and this people have been trained their whole lives to obey everything their father says so then they end up married off to this Dude, how, right. how many people are in the community? Like, how many? If you would have stayed, how many options would have you have had? Oh, that's a, uh, some pretty bad ones. Let me tell yeah. you. Let me tell you. Um, there was like I don't know a couple hundred people. I think at our church, like two hundred people. So, that's so and like everybody is like huge family. So so single men within your age range, it would have been limited. Only maybe like thirty. Oh, okay, that's not bad. But then they have like all these like organization things like that they send you off to. So like you get sent off to like work at the one of the headquarters or something, and that's like where everybody ends up either getting raped by Bill Gothard or <laughs> married off to some stranger. Has the, has the leader Options. Bill Gothard been um, charged with anything? He they're they're filing. They just filed a lawsuit against him a couple of weeks ago for molestation. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um. And so he was. He was uh, like having sexually inappropriate, different kinds of sexually inappropriate relationships with like young girls, mm-hmm. you know. And the really sad thing about that is, is that a lot of them, you know, didn't even know what sex was. So they, like, they, they were didn't, that young. No, they weren't that young. They were that sheltered. Like most right. of us weren't told about. We didn't get like a sex talk. And he's not married, right? No, he's, he's never he's not, been married. Oh, weird. Yeah, not allowed to use the internet in the community. Uh. So I think, from my understanding, the rule is now that, like, they don't allow boys to use it, but girls can. But I was old, and I'm old enough that, like, there wasn't a, you know, the internet wasn't, like, a, a thing. thing. Yeah. But... But I, that's what I've heard is like the usual the usual rules. So like the women will go use the internet at the library if they need to. <laughs> is, it, is this thing growing or is it shrinking? Shrinking, thank God. It's shrinking. It's shrinking, okay. yeah. And I, I'm really proud of that. Actually, that that's actually one thing I have to say. Uh, that 
I think the article that I wrote was a huge kind of change the tide on the discourse, the kind of public discourse about mm. the Josh Duggar thing. And all of the, after that came out, all of a sudden Cocker jumped on it and they started like publishing like parts of the homeschool curriculum and like really going in on them. Right. And so it, and other people wrote articles about it. And I, I feel really proud that I, I feel like I was at least partially instrumental and yeah. in kind of, Adding depth and right, adding depth, to it. adding depth to it, but also like fucking bringing that bastard down, like but not, not, you know, like yeah. I I feel good about that. Gothard, yes, yeah. not to diminish what what you've done. Oh no, no, while no. while this cult or sect or yeah. group, you know, dies down, won't just another one grow in its place and attract other people? Probably. I mean, I'm sure there's like untold number already that like we're just not aware of. I mean, like right. you weren't aware of this one no. before. Mm-hmm that you know so but i think as the information fro- flows more freely it must be more and more hard tricky for cult leaders to get people so enraptured yeah i mean that's an interesting question i hadn't thought about that but and i mean i think there was there was a definitely like a very large movement in like the in like the fun like the religious right mm-hmm in like the 80s and 90s to like homeschool your children and like be a part of these kinds of things that I don't think is quite as big now right. as it was. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but my perception is that there's less people doing well, that kind do, of thing. Don't you think people will always be curious and kids will always be curious and now with like internet on your smartphone and internet's everywhere? Yeah. I mean, I don't even know like... I, I, yeah, I don't even think it would be possible because it's like, how can you control like, because you know, we, we weren't allowed to read this certain, you know, we weren't allowed to only allowed to read cert, very certain things. Right. Uh, I never followed that rule. Uh, <laughs> I would always like get books, like sneak books out of the library, right. which fortunately was before like motion detector <laughs> libraries. So I could just like stick the book. Because you the, couldn't check them out. Right. I couldn't check it out, but I could like kind of shove it in my backpack. Right. So I'd be like, mom, I'm getting Anne of Green Gables, but I'm really getting Stephen King. You, you know, know it's like, bad if you're stealing free books. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I would, I would bring them back. I do. Right. I did take some. So I, I, I owe that. Well, if I'm ever rich and famous, I'll pay back the college station public library. <laughs> nice. <laughs> for the, for the education it gave me. So your parents are still religious, but mm-hmm. they're not in the ATI Mm-mm. thing anymore. No. Did they actually, was it a formal leaving of it? I don't know because we weren't really in touch for the, that period of time. So we were out, we weren't talking for a long time. So I don't really know how they got away from it. But they kind of like went to this like weird thing where like for like a decade they like were really like chill. Like <laughs> they uh-huh. would like going to like Willie Nelson concerts and nude Whoa. beaches and like drinking While and dance after they after. after like when I was in my 20s and I was like why couldn't you've done this when I was a teenager mm-hmm. <laughs> like why couldn't we have gone to concerts and nude so beaches you, when I was 15 why do you have to wait till I'm like off living that, in my car like said, come on people you were living in your car I did for like a couple of years on and off yeah you lived in your car yeah. where, where were you living in tech in college station yeah in your car. Oh, so when, how old were you when you left your parents' I home? I like 18 or so. And I got a, like a little place, like a sublease, but then it didn't really work out. You know, I, I was, you know, not really, I didn't even have a high school diploma. And it's uh-huh. like really hard to get a job if you don't even have a high school diploma. Like right. it's impossible. Like you can't get a job at Walmart. <laughs> Walmart requires a, a wow. GED or high school diploma. What you about know? Pizza Hut? No. So <laughs> basically I like, you know, I remember this like so vividly, like I was working at this like horrible burger restaurant, mm-hmm. you know, in my hometown. I remember so vividly 
and like the newspaper local newspaper came out and i was looking mm. at it and like sitting on the front page was pictures of these two guys jesse and matt are their names and they were guys that had been in the gifted and talented program with me kindergarten first and second grade uh-huh. and they had both just graduated from the local high school as val- valedictorian and salutatorian and one of them was going to dartmouth and one of Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com them was going to berkeley and does that enrage you because this is a glimpse of what your life could have been if they didn't pull i cannot you even describe the rage yeah that i felt so i was like standing there looking at these guys covered in trans fats you know and making four dollars and 15 cents an hour right. at a burger restaurant with no high school diploma and i just ripped that paper to shreds and screamed and cried and then repressed the fuck that out must of have it made for you, a long time. That must have made you so pissed at your parents. I was, I, I'm still angry about that, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, so it's something I'm still, you know, and like I, I'm not saying like, I would have gone to Harvard. Of course, I'm not going to like act like that. But you wouldn't have been at that burger joint. I would not have been at the burger <laughs> joint. And the other thing is, is like, I was, I was really like, you know, ahead for my age intellectually. Mm-hmm. And You're obviously so, a smart person. Yeah. yeah, I was able, I was ahead of my, for my age intellectually. So I was actually supposed to skip a bunch of grades mm-hmm. in school and like graduate high school early. Mm-hmm. So the funny thing about it is I would have like graduated from high school early and for sure gotten some kind of scholarship to at least like the University of Texas at Austin, you know, like minimal, you know, like, yeah. you know, but instead I didn't start college till I was 24 and I have a hundred thousand dollars in student loans to show for it, you know. Right and I, I wouldn't, I honestly, I wouldn't have had that if that very odd decision had not been made, you know, without my consent. Last so. time you spoke to your parents, were you angry when you spoke to them? <laughs> no, I was nice. Uh-huh. I'm always nice. But to you them. felt anger. I mean, I always feel anger, but we we don't we you know we're like very repressed. We don't talk about those things. Do, you know? do they know that you've been outspoken and written articles? <laughs> this is really <laughs> funny. So they have to know because my dad and I are Facebook friends, uh, and the day that it came out, it got posted on my wall about seventy times. Like uh-huh. I'm not even joking. I'm not even like exaggerating it was really just like you could you could still go back to my wall and scroll through and it's like because everyone's tagging me in it everyone's like my really cool friend brooke wrote this or Mm -hmm. i'm so proud of brooke or my former student you know like people were like really going crazy and so like they had to see it but then he didn't say anything like nothing about it and my brother does never said anything about it 
Like, they just pretend it never happened. And I guess so. And then my dad like finally mentioned it to me once because mm-hmm. I got this really mean anonymous message through my website. Like it was like really hateful. And I knew it was someone I knew. Was like, it your dad? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think my dad. My dad's a nice my dad's like a nice guy. I don't think he would do that. So I like went through uh, I did an IP search though, and it was from my hometown. Uh-huh. And so I did like I I I assumed it was someone, and I posted about it on Facebook. And mm-hmm. then my dad started texting me, and he's like, "Well, you know, I think I know who it is because a bunch of people from our church called me really angry when you wrote that article." Nice. And I was like, "That's the first time you've ever acknowledged that to me, right? Like, so it's like." Only in the context of people sure were mad at you, <laughs> you know, you suck. And so it kind of like, I don't know, it was, it was, it was, it was kind of hurtful because I, f- you know, I'm, I, I, I'm not saying like, feel sorry for me or feel bad about what you did. I'm just being like, if I, someone I cared about wrote something like that about how deeply they were affected by these experiences. Yeah. I would at least reach out to them and be like, I'm sorry you felt that way. Like, even if I still think I'm in the right, I'd be like, I'm sorry that this hurt you. And I'm sorry this was difficult for you. And I am proud of you. And I do love you. And I do, you know, want good things for you, but well, nothing. They probably took it all on them on their shoulders and they probably feel guilty about it. And maybe they're just not ready to deal with their their role in it. I hope so. I hope that's the reason. I mean, it you sounds know. like you're, the, you're describing your father as a sensitive, caring guy, but maybe just not good at expressing his yeah he's his got the emotions. like typical texas yeah, like yeah you know like to the, be tough is to not yeah, express emotion you know like i've never seen him cry you know yeah. ever like my entire life and like the only like he never expresses like any emotions you know he's just very he's very stoic you know kind of cowboy i don't think type. that's just texas i think it's also generational yeah yeah i think yeah. the parents of our generation are raised to be much more stoic yeah and also i don't think they dreamt like we did like we you know, like we do you know like we kind of think that we can become mm. famous comedians or famous musicians or actors or whatever and i think that they for the most part were just trying to get by i think that's true yeah yeah and i think you know that's especially true like if like you're from like a small rural town you mm-hmm. know like in texas and like especially if you're a woman you know like my grandmother's have said to me like n- multiple times like oh you know i wish i had been like all of y'all like my grandmother said like all my granddaughters went to college and like one's a doctor and one's a this and one's a that right. you know and like but for me that was never even a consideration like yeah. that i could be a doctor or a so what, speaking of your grandparents what was their reaction to their children <laughs> your mom and dad joining this this cult this organization and bringing their grandchildren it was like pretty mixed so like one one set they were like we're gonna sue you and take your kids away and mm. so we did not talk to them for a really long time um and then the other set they they saw that what happened to the other <laughs> the other pair so uh-huh. they were just like they just played nice they're like oh yeah that's so cute you know silence observing yeah and they like but they lived in this that 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 set of grandparents live in the same town as us so we spent a lot of time with them mm-hmm. you know so like i spent a lot of time with them growing up and um i thought it, it i think it was a nice thing to have like this kind of escape because like, we would watch like say by the bell at their house right. you know like like sneak watch tv and listen to listen to country music you know yeah. and things like that did something happen so your parents left the ati thing but yeah. they stayed still very fundamental well, they, christian right they they left and then they were like went like like for like 10 years or so when i was in my 20s they were like 
doing crazy like in my early 20s they were like oh we're going to concerts and hanging out and drinking is that and when the empty partying. nest all, the kids had all left yeah so yeah like, so they were like woohoo like yeah. screw jesus like let's Freedom. go see willie nelson <laughs> he like, looks enough like jesus right right let's go hang out with willie nelson and i was just like you know and then it kind of swung and the pendulum kind of like swung back and so then it kind of like slowly like got back into the more and more and i was like wait please don't go back into that Did your relationship- so then things got worse again yeah so what was your relationship good with them when they were it was a lot better you mm-hmm. know i mean there was still a lot of like anger and resentment and things like that but there was not you know we were able to kind of you know is the anger and resentment out. only from you and like how are, like do you feel like they're anger angry at you or is it just you at them I'm, they probably are you think I think angry? they're probably angry that like I wrote that article that I'm like talking about it on mm-hmm. podcasts. I don't know. They've never said anything to me about it. That's what's so awkward about it. Right. So I don't know, but I'm guessing that they are. They listen to this podcast. They do. With or without you. They do. I that. actually, you know, <laughs> I, I was joking about that. I got asked after that article came out, I got asked to be a guest on uh, Sean Hannity's show. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I thought that to my, they probably watch. Right. That's what I thought. I thought to myself, like, that is going to be the first thing they see me do. Did like, you go on yeah, Hannity? I did not. I said no. You said no. I said no. Yeah. Why? Oh, I technically didn't even email it back. I was just like, no. I just like don't want to get like yelled at on like you know like humiliated. Right. It was it was something that was really personal to me writing that, and it was I felt very vulnerable and right. I felt very exposed at the time, you know. And I was getting all these media offers, and like mm-hmm. some of them I said yes to if I felt like it was something that. I could feel okay about being on and like yeah. not exploited. So like, you know, like I went on the last word with Lawrence O'Donnell. Cause like, I know he's going to be nice to me. Right, <laughs> he's going right. to be respectful to me, you know, and not like, Talk sensa- over yeah, and- not sensationalize it, you mm-hmm. know? And then I got offered a lot of money for a, for a interview in like one of the major tabloids. Like uh-huh. I got offered like even more money than I got offered for the dog, <laughs> 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 you know, but I was like, uh, I am not going to be on the cover of in touch weekly. Thank you. But no. So wow. they actually like wanted to do this like big thing on me. And like, like I said, offered me a lot of money for it, but I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Cause like I said, I don't want to exploit, I don't want to exploit myself. It was a serious thing to me. Right. And then, you know, the thing <laughs> happened with the Hannity. And I was just like, I was like, well, A, that would be the first thing my parents probably would be guaranteed to see me. They would just yeah. be like doing their nightly Hannity watching and be like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> and like keel over or something. But, uh, but yeah, I didn't. I wonder what that would have gone like. Cause how could Hannity support that instead of you? I don't know. I mean, it was just like, I just am not media savvy enough to like even consider like those kinds of things yet. Cause I would just right. be like, I could be like, oh. yeah, you got a, a blurry line of, of religion in there too that can turn on you. Yeah. I mean, I got so many crazy, angry hate, so much crazy, angry hate mail. Cause like mm-hmm. anytime you say anything negative about people have difficulty with the nuances of saying this experience was bad. These teachings are wrong, but that doesn't mean that I'm smearing Christianity as a whole. Mm -hmm. I I respect people's right to believe in things that don't hurt other people. But in my opinion, those beliefs, that particular like permutation of Christianity hurts other people. Yeah. Anytime you keep someone down. Yeah. Sure. Did Mike Huckabee come out in uh, favor of uh, that? He was trying to protect it. 
Yeah, he was like, he was like, oh, leave him alone, you yeah. know, y'all picking on, you're all picking on him, you know, and be like, he made a mistake, and it's like, Ugh. is there ever any comparison to Jim Jones <laughs> with this thing? I yeah, that's an interesting question. I've never seen that. I mean, I think there's like been like some very there's there's been a website for quite a long time that's like by women who were like sexually harassed or or assaulted by Bill Gothard. Like there's a specific website uh-huh. devoted to that. And they just, tell their just to him. They yeah, and they tell like their stories. What is that website? It's called Recovering Grace. Okay. Is what it's called. And then there's also like a couple of like non uh like sex kind of like ATI survivor websites. Right. So, like where people blogs where people like talk about like the weird things he was doing. Like at one point he came up with this idea that like if you play hymns for plants, uh-huh. they'll grow stronger. Yeah. And so he like created this whole like was marketing this to like all his followers, like plant grow hymns, you know? <laughs> and you know, it's just it's so like, like he was selling it? Yeah, he was selling it. Uh-huh. So like they have like a like a, a, like a three C D set of yeah. plant hymns. <laughs> like you're not allowed like like they you're you're both musicians, right? So yeah. you're gonna understand this and perhaps be more interested. Like there's like a specific thing where like if the beat is on the two and the four, mm-hmm. that's evil. Okay. Just the beat, not even the note or interval. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Like that's so, ridiculous. if there's a beat that's on, you know, like in a four-four, anything yeah. that's in a four-four. So all reggae and is And if evil. it's on, yeah, yes, like, <laughs> exact, absolutely. Uh-huh. If anything, and like if it's like a two-four, that's that's considered evil. And not only is it evil, it actually like creates like the potential to be like possessed by a demon. Wow. So that like it like actually physically weakens your physically weakens your body, which is why no one works out to rock music. Physically weakens your body, <laughs> and then demons can come into you. So you're not allowed. We were not allowed to listen to anything like other than like, like classical music mm-hmm. and like instrumental dulcimer song. You know, like stuff like that, like the Ashokan farewell. You know, or something like that. See, that would have never worked on me. You know, it was if, horrible. If I'm going to give myself to a church. The music has to be good, at least. You know. Right? Yeah. I mean, you're really getting ripped off. Like, if you, like, have to go to church three times a week and the music is... But, like, there was a big thing. Like, no recorded music. So, it was, like, one woman playing the piano. And, like, that's it. So, like, music was a big thing that, like, he was really against, you know. And, like, I had some, like, Christian rock CDs, you know. Mm -hmm. And then my mom, like, we we would get, like... We would go back to, like, swing back to the strict side. So, she'd be like, we're throwing these away. They're satanic, you know. And I'm like, no. I'm like, goodbye. Amy Grant, <laughs> I'll miss you. You were the only person I was allowed to listen to, <laughs> oh my and now God. you're gone. <laughs> that is so crazy. It was so sad. So, did these experiences bring you to? Does it inform your comedy, or were you getting there either way? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think that you know, I I've talked about it on stage. I have a solo show. It's mm-hmm. called Growing Up Fundy, and it's about like the experience. Growing uh, up, what? Fundy. What does fundy mean? It's like a sh- nick, like a shorthand for fundamentalist. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, like it's like so. It's like there's a website. It's called Stuff Fundies. Like mm-hmm. so, it's just like a little shorthand for that. Cool. So it's called Growing Up Fundy, and it's like a just a one hour like storytelling slash stand up show that kind when of does explores. I I've only did it once. I did it back in July, and okay. it was it was really fun, and like we sold out QED. It was really exciting. Nice. It was really cool to like see like all these people come just to see this thing that I had written and directed and was acting in. It was really cool. Um, so I'm going to do it again for the French 
festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and is is it about this experience? Yeah, it's exactly. It just kind of like tells the story of like starting. Is it a musical? <laughs> <laughs> no beats on the two and four. There's there's a couple of songs. There's a couple of songs in it. So like there's this D- DC talk song, Jesus Freak. Do you uh-huh. know this? Uh, no. It's like a How's it go? DC Talk is like a they're basically like a Nirvana ripoff, like a Christian rock Nirvana ripoff. Okay. And they have this song called Jesus Freak. And so it's like, what will people do when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? Nice. It's so like I have something like that. And then like a couple like a sad, like a kind of like a sad hymn song. And then I sing a song a cappella at mm-hmm. one point, but it's not a musical and like Yeah. Because you can't really. There's not a lot of music to go with that. Doesn't sound like there'd be much joy in it. There was definitely. That is the one thing that was definitely missing. There was no joy at any point. Just just, big smiles, but no joy. Yeah, you know, it was funny because, like, you know, they had very strict rules, like, what women were supposed to act like. So, you know, I always get yelled at for being too talkative. I would always get yelled at for being too opinionated. I always get, like, being a show off. Like, you're proud. You're proud. You're too prideful. You're too prideful. I heard that like a million times. Like you're too proud of how smart you are. You blah blah blah. Just trying to keep you in your place. Yeah, and like I remember, like, but like just like going around the church and like you know, like you're freaking miserable. Like Mm -hmm. you're 14, 15 years old. You don't have any friends. You don't go to school. Like you're spending all day locked in a house with your mom and your brother, and like you can't watch movies or listen to music or do like have hobbies do anything like it's it's the it's most like boring it's like you're in prison you so know, you have to catch like, up on a lot of cultural references probably yeah, yeah. so much you missed yeah i still don't get like a lot of the right. <laughs> a lot of those is like i'm like i didn't see that yeah but then they're like i would be like walking around church and dudes would go like men men like adult men would like come to me and be like you need to smile young lady you know, um, a cheerful countenance is a glory to the Lord, you know, and I'd be like, what do I have to smile about? I have nothing. (laughs) There's literally nothing in my life worth smiling about. Have you watched any documentaries or read any books on any other cults like Jim Jones or (laughs) I've watched the like Jim Jones. I've watched a Jim Jones documentary. I have to be really careful with that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I get, you know, like it sounds like so 2015, but like it can be very like anxiety triggering because it reminds you of your yeah, yeah. so like I, I i started to watch the movie jesus camp and i oh, yeah. i i had a panic attack about 30 seconds into it and was like i can't do this yeah. you know and like there's like these little things like the ep- there's the episode of louie where he's like at a little boy in catholic yes. church yeah and we started to watch it like a, like two weeks ago mm-hmm. and we actually had that thing where like the guy would come the doctor would come like once a year on easter and be like and then jesus's heart exploded you know to scare you yeah to scare you they describe it's like a 40 minute long medical description of like what it's like to be crucified and it's just like gory and there's pictures and it's terrifying and i like like burst out into tears while we were watching that louis episode and was like i can't i just can't i just can't well i saw the jim jones documentary and it doesn't sound much different from this ati guy it really sounds almost identical he's gonna kill he's gonna get them all to kill themselves i mean if this guy keeps going at where he's going it sure seems like he could go right there yeah, I mean, he's he's pretty discredited. He was forced to step down because of the sexual inappropriate allegations. Mm-hmm. And then it was super awesome. Like a couple months, like a, maybe a month or two ago, he posted something on Facebook being like, I am without sin, you know, uh-huh. I've been I've been falsely accused. And like literally 
thousands of people just started ripping him to shreds and the comments like Gawker actually did an article where they like screen captured the whole wow. thing and it was like so fun to read so he posted it on Facebook like, like any holy man would. right like on any holy man he's like I'm a good person <laughs> you guys well, I think the you reason guys <laughs> Jim Jones messed up like when they when the whole cult went to Guyana yeah and they were living in the jungle he realized there that that was a bad decision because a they couldn't grow mm-hmm. there's there no there's no walking traffic right. to grow the cult and the living conditions proved to be terrible mm-hmm. and the people were losing morale and stuff and then the government was starting to come in and people wanted to get out yeah because i like family members were complaining i think with yeah. that one right but they felt they, they they were trapped they couldn't yeah. leave they would die in the jungle yeah so he kind of backed himself into a corner was that a christian based yeah it was belief some system? christian baptist some okay i don't even know the difference but yeah. it's either usually jesus or aliens right yeah <laughs> you know it's interesting you mentioned the thing about the uh the faith or the the like kind of new thing there's like been in uh it's in idaho over the past decade there's been like this growing number of like christians who like believe that medicine is eve is wrong uh-huh. And so, like, that faith healing should be the only thing that's ever done for someone if they're sick or well, injured. Well, that sounds Christian scientist, Yeah, which my dad is a Christian scientist. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so, like, they've got these, like, faith healers now in Idaho who are, like, going around and, like, supposedly healing its people. But, like, over 20 children have died in the past decade right. uh, from, like, lack of medical mm-hmm. attention. It's just it's just so shocking to me that, you know, it's barbaric to me that we live in a culture where children are not protected. But no, they are. In, it's a case from a Christian science family. Uh, you have to legally get medicine for your child. Really? You have to if they're that sick, you have to take them to a hospital. That's good. Because it happened in Christian science uh parents were just they would call them Christian science practitioners. Yeah. Where they just come and they pray and kids were dying. No, what is the what is the like fun, what is the fundamental belief structure of Christian Science? Uh, they have such an utmost belief in God that they don't go to doctors and they don't take any medicine whatsoever. If there's a sickness, they think it's just mortal mind, ah. and, they, and they pray to God and they think that they're a child of God and God is perfect. So you pray and then you're perfect and no sickness this is kind of new agey it's like you're secreting your (laughs) it's like the christian secret (laughs) it's i mean i've seen it work you know really yeah i've absolutely seen it work and uh i just chalk it up to power of the mind yeah i believe in mind over matter oh i definitely agree with that yeah so whatever your tool is whether it be a placebo pill yeah or god or a snake or an alien whatever works (laughs) Do y'all do the Christian science science people scientists? Do they do anything other than like the? What is there anything about them that differentiates them other than the medicine? There's thing? nothing scientific. About <laughs> it, first of all, do they um, believe in evolution? They don't really believe in birth or death. They believe that uh, we're all just spirits. It's very. It is, I guess, new age in that sense. Where yeah. like we're all just spirits, and we're not. Our body is just our body. Right. You know, we've kind of always existed, and we always will exist. Okay. It's just kind of like a brief vessel that we're using. Exactly. Interesting. It's just mortal, it's just like, you know, matter. Matter, okay. Yeah. But they don't believe in evolution. No. They yeah. Don't. No. That seems like the one thing that like most Christians are like all in agreement. Like abortion is bad and evolution is wrong. I feel like those but are like the, those are the two fundamental 
But then, like, think you, of the faith. we're seeing evolution. I mean, think about you compared to your parents and your grandparents. <laughs> you are you are a case of evolution. But the funny thing is, like, you know, like I grew up like in, like our homeschool, like evolution was like we were taught like creation science. So like our history books were like the world is six thousand years old, right? You know, and, like there's the, nothing scientific about right, that. right. The 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 fossil record is the reason or the Noah's flood is the reason for the fossil record. Mm -hmm. But because there was like this huge massive flood where these volcanoes were going off that killed all the animals and fossilized them. Right. (laughs) And so it's just these like misguided atheist scientists that Mm -hmm. would like read. This is not proof that there was a great flood. The thing about science is that is, is that if you can reproduce it, Mm -hmm. then you could prove it to be true. Right. And I think they did that with the proving that the earth was that old. Right. They could reproduce the aging of the rocks and the aging. Yeah. 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 Did you, there's a debate on YouTube of uh, like one of the top scientists. Maybe it's Bill Nye. It might be Bill Nye versus, I don't know. It's Ken Ham. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I know Ken Ham. (laughs) I watched a lot of Ken Ham videos growing up. He's the religious one and they're debating evolution. Yeah. He's like, he's like a, one of the biggest like creation scientists. Mm -hmm. And like he built this like create, he's built like those creation science museums and stuff. He's actually Australian, strangely enough. Mm-hmm. It was Aussies. Mm-hmm. And they like built this uh, creation science museum in Texas, actually. And they have this like greenhouse where they claim to have like recreated the... Uh, no, the the Garden of Eden. So it's like the same ecological conditions that existed in the Garden of Eden. Mm. And they also claim that because they've recreated this, that the snakes have like lost their venom. <laughs> Wow. So you just put the snake in there and it loses its venom just like, because it's like, it's like the Garden of Eden again. And begins to talk. I guess and so. Tempt. <laughs> so where do you stand with religion right now? Are you just totally atheist, agnostic? Oh, I mean, I guess I... Do you believe in a higher power? Yes, you do. I do. I was a I was a militant atheist for about for a long time. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, and then I kind of like started to soften up a little bit. Like I said, I started to like kind of look for thing positive things to fill my life with versus like just negating the things that I felt like I had been taught. Right. Um, so I do believe in the higher in like not like as in like an outside entity but i believe maybe that we are like a higher power like we are some kind of like like we can access it yeah like we can access it more Mm -hmm. like a mysticism than like a so you're not are you praying to something that's out there or are you like just conjuring your internal power (laughs) i don't really pray so i don't know Mm -hmm. i meditate i do like transcendental meditation so i would say that's like more like my spiritual right that's more my spiritual you have a spiritual practice but you're not giving yourself up to something that's out there no you know i mean there's an interesting way in which i think that is really psychologically damaging to people you know and i i I deal with that a lot in my life is still even now it's something i've never been able to undo is like when you're like grow up thinking that like your your worthiness is completely dependent on this guy, <laughs> you know, outside uh, of you. Yeah. And like everything is about whether he's watching you and right. whether he's pleased with you or not at any given second. Like it kind of like it just really is. It's a very psychologically damaging thing. And it's something like I, I found myself to be too dependent on what other people think of me and other people's 
image of me right. my entire adult life. And so it's something I've like really worked to get away from, but like I don't know that I'll ever be able. You can't really undo like What a pain in the ass. You gotta that. worry about what your peers think and what God thinks. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a lot it's a it's a lot of work, you know. Like I, I guess I can see where it could be easy, but I just thought it was like so stressful. I was so stressed out yeah. all the time. I'm like, is this, you know, and like it was kind of funny because like things would change so much. So like for a while, it'd be okay to listen to some Amy Grant, you know, and then suddenly she's like, ah, oh, we have to throw all those away. She's Satan, you know, <laughs> and then it's like, what am I doing that I think is okay, but is actually satanic, you know, at any given moment, like I, you never know. So you right. kind of live in this like constant state of anxiety and do paranoia. Just, do you just go home and listen to Slayer and like early Metallica now? <laughs> ah, I actually, my big thing was, uh, uh, the person who I think like musically like really saved me was Tori Amos. Mm, Tori right. like saved my butt. With I love her, that girl. Her, her God song. God, sometimes you just <laughs> don't come through. No, she. Uh, her first album, Little Earthquakes. Mm-hmm. She, Tori Amos was raised by like a southern, like hardline Southern Baptist minister, mm. and so her first album, Little Earthquakes, is a lot about like that experience and like how she felt and like those relationships. And this and is so, exactly like, why Bill Gothard does not want people listening to me. Outside exactly, music. <laughs> exactly. And so, like, I got like I, I shoplifted a copy of that. A cassette mm-hmm. of that from a like a used bookstore when I was like a teenager, and like would listen to it at night when like I had like the secret stash like of things like hidden in my closet like cassettes and CDs and books that I wasn't supposed to have you know and it's like but the Tory one I started listening to that and I was just like someone understands right. me because like you can't take the risk of telling like there were there was one girl in my church who I loved dearly who I could talk to about how unhappy we were and like what BS this all was. Yeah. But she was the only person I could trust. Cause like a couple of times I'd said something like kind of like, like kind of like insinuate it to like another girl and then they would tell their parents and sure. their parents would tell my parents, you know, so it was almost like you had no one to like commiserate with. You feel with. like everyone's a spy. Yeah. You feel like everyone's a spy and you can't trust anybody, you know? And like, so you're, and then you get even more trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Because your parents are mad that you humiliated them in front of, the other people in the church and they're like wow not only are you sinful but now you've humiliated us too and that's even worse because there's that you know like image is everything like in those kinds of situations it's all about how everyone else sees you and like well they're not only protecting the institution they're protecting their own beliefs as well right right and so it's like so there's kind of like when I got that, like, Tori Amos tape, I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> like, someone knows what it feels yeah, like. Someone on the, some affirmation from the outside. Yeah, see? I, mean, I, I think she had that effect on many young women at the time. But yeah. Uh, apparently with you, is even that much stronger. Oh, that. definitely. You know, <clears throat> and, like, when I first started, like, writing and doing comedy and I... I, it was a really very, very large internal struggle for me because it felt so narcissistic. Mm-hmm. And I had been like, I've been trained so, you know, so strenuously. Don't be a show like, off. Don't, don't be, be a sh- Yeah, don't be a show off. Don't be prideful. Don't mm-hmm. talk. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, and like, so it seemed like, oh my God, this is so, you know, it's, it felt sinful. Like, you know, and even though I had been out that for such a long yeah. time, it felt sinful. And I went and saw her. Right after I had, right after I got, I started doing it, I saw Tori at the Beacon a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And I've seen her many times, but that, I, that was the most recent time I saw her. And I remember being moved all over again, like hearing some of her songs from Precious Things, like Precious Things and like crying and then thinking like, no, I'm doing that. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm doing. Obviously not at the level that she's doing it because she's a genius, right? But you know, like 
Well, this, li- there's nothing I, it, like she's done that for me like twice in my life. Like, and I was as I was watching wow. her perform, I thought like, okay, that's what I want. Yeah, you know, that's what I want to. And I like what you said before is that you're not doing things to spite your past. Yeah. Now you're doing things to benefit your future. I hope so. You know, I really do. I it, it's hard because it's 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 it's. It, you know, I've, I've felt so uncomfortable, you know, like the, with the, like I said, the amount of attention that this article got and then yeah. talking about it. And it's like, I don't want to hurt people. Right. And I like, and I don't want to hurt my family. and I don't want to hurt, um, uh, like the people that I grew up with or anybody like, in that way. But it's kind of, it's such a difficult, like kind of rope to, or like kind of like line to walk. Like, how do you be really honest yeah. about your experiences in a way that isn't hurtful to the people that well, your experiences you're are your experiences. About. No one could take; they're yours. Yeah, they don't belong to your experiences. Are yours, you could do with them as you wish. Right, they belong to you. Right, you know. And if you, I believe that if you have to use anger to yeah. propel yourself forward, then use it. Yeah, you know, like getting over a forlorn love or something like that. You pissed for a while but that is the gas to get you through to the next stage right right to the acceptance and then moving on yeah so use it if you're still pissed use that anger for, <laughs> for your creativity Be like, Ch- yeah channel it through your comedy through your one man one woman show whatever yeah. you know i didn't even like for the longest time like i didn't even realize like i was angry because like that was such an emotion that like we were not allowed to express as women that right. like i i actually like repressed myself to the point where i didn't even believe i was angry that you brook know? is so opinionated yeah <laughs> i know ah! and so i would just be like you know i'm not angry i'm not angry you know and then like one night I just had this like moment, like, like this experiment, this experience with this guy. It was completely unrelated. He just really upset me. Yeah. And I like, it was at a comedy show and I ran out of the show and I looked at the sky and I screamed at the top of my lungs for it felt like 10 minutes. It was just like, every single like unexpressed feeling of anger mm-hmm. and like betrayal and cheat, you know, being cheated of things. And yeah. just like, I was just like, ah! you know, and then I was like, fuck, I am angry. Yeah. <laughs> and you gotta let it out. Yeah. I feel like I lost like 200 pounds of emotional weight <laughs> that night. Like I just screamed it into the yeah. sky and like, you don't want to carry it around with you. No, it's, it's an awful thing to have. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope, uh, I hope you use it for creative, positive purposes. I and hope I, so, too. And I hope whatever happens with your uh, mom gets resolved. I hope know, so, too. We'll to whatever see. serves you best, you well, know? Yeah, I hope so, too. I mean, I hope she doesn't... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when good you spoke... Good things. Good things, yeah. When you spoke last, did she call you or did you call her? She sent me a series of, like, 18 text messages. <laughs> Why? <laughs> She was She's upset about yeah, something. Yeah, she was very angry at me, and she just said a lot of just really very hurtful things. So, mm. so I was kind of like, Mwah. and it's like you know, and then like you can't like it's so hard to like just be like you're going about your day, you <laughs> know, like right. you're doing your thing, and then it's like ah, you're getting like you know that's the horrible thing about text messages. Like you used to be able to screen your calls, you know, yeah, yeah. and like someone could leave you like a nasty voicemail or whatever, but you know. Right. They're going to leave me a nasty voicemail. I'm not going to listen to that right now, yeah, you yeah. know, but like text messages just like, just you're like, horrible, right? You right, know, right. like right <laughs> in your face. It's like 18 times and you're just like, whoa. Well, I think there comes a time with every child where they become the adult in the relationship with their parents. Really? Yeah. 
Is that's usually though like because of like old age or dementia or I think it's an emotional thing. Really? You know, it's part of evolution. I think we're more emotionally in touch with ourselves than our parents were nurtured to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, the idea of any of most of my uh, peers' parents going to a therapist is like out of the. Re- it's not just. It's not just. On, it's not a part of the agenda you know right right and so many of our peers go to therapists oh yeah definitely yeah. i went for a couple of years yeah it's one of the best things i ever did for myself like exactly by far by far i think I, that's what i call evolution in action <laughs> yeah. so you're an evolution guy well i, I don't know if it's evolution that's just, sinful. just progress you know that's sinful <laughs> i think as a culture we're getting more in touch with our emotions and our communication is getting better with each other do you think that's a positive thing absolutely yeah i think like anything can go wrong but yeah <laughs> it's better than being stoic and not communicating i i agree completely. especially with family i agree completely this guy is very stoic yeah Mattis. yeah no i'm i'm open you're open yeah yeah absolutely that's pretty in touch with his yeah. feelings matt what kind of religion were you raised in jewish Ooh, yeah. see, I, I have terrible Judar because I'm from Texas. Oh, I'm yeah. like, oh, well, I don't. I don't I, typically, m- most people uh, don't think I'm Jewish. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't look like a, a typical Jew. Or, okay, uh, act. And Judaism is a weird Jewish. thing because a lot of Jews, unless they're Orthodox, which most Jews don't relate to, it's more of a cultural thing than a mm-hmm. spiritual mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, a lot of Jew. I grew up Jewish too with my mom, and uh, it's not a spiritual thing. It's right. Just the I mean, it's, it, it depends on on the family. In in my case, we're definitely much more culturally Jewish than spiritually. My family. Did y'all like go to synagogue? And- we did. I went to Hebrew school ah. or mitzvah. Uh, I have two siblings. Uh, they are more religious with their families ah. uh, than I am with myself. Right. Uh, I'm still connected to it through family. And through, you know, holidays and things like that. But there's no part of me on a regular, everyday basis that I do anything Jewish. I uh, briefly this summer attempt at the at a synagogue, like for like, it was like for two days. And You're really mad at your parents. <laughs> right, right. I was like, screw it up. No, I'm just kidding. So like I went to, I went, I got this job, uh, like tipping there. And like the first thing that I did, it was this event. Donna Karen came and she was teaching the... Neighborhood. It was on the Upper East Side. It's a mm-hmm. synagogue on the Upper East Side. So Donna Karen. Super Jew. So Donna Karen is there teaching the ladies how to use Twitter. Who's Donna Karen? She's a really famous fashion designer, okay. like a really uh, DKNY. If you've ever seen those. Oh, is that yeah. her? And also like Donna Karen. Like yeah, yeah she's okay. like a big. Like really big fashion designer. She's if you like, could see me, you know I have no sense of fashion. Yeah, she's like there, like wearing a ball gown, and she's like, "This is how you use Twitter," you know. Mm-hmm. And then about halfway through her little talk, like the rabbi gets up and i guess so what they were doing is they were like trojan horsing these upper east side ladies so they like brought them in with donna karen but then the rabbi got up about halfway through to give them the pitch to put their kids in the synagogue's Mm -hmm. Uh, hebrew day school right? right so the rabbi gets up and he's like this fat sweaty dude you know and he kind of like lumbers up and he like pushes this like <laughs> anorexic Donna Karen out of his way and he's like you oh I told your ancestors to put your children in Hebrew school and he's just like screaming at them at the top of his lungs you know like you owe it to them and I'm standing in the back and my first initial my gut reaction is the rabbi is right. These fake ass Jews, not only <laughs> putting their kids in Hebrew school, and I realized I'm still a fundamentalist. Right, <laughs> you right. know, like I like that was like 
that was like what I was trained to like immediately be like the most the craziest person in the room is the one I agree with. <laughs> like, well, it's, it's definitely similar. And I was thinking of it earlier when you were saying how your family would look at the whatever the regular everyday uh, Christians who would still go to church every right. every week that your your family and your organization looked down upon them. Yeah, and that certainly happens within the Jewish community mm-hmm. that more religious Jews will look at other people and be like, "You're not a real Jew." Yeah, the Orthodox Jews don't like the fun the regular Jews. Right. Yeah. No, the people the Jews that you see with the yarmulkes and the long coats they are what most Jews would view as very extreme. Yeah. Yeah. I taught at uh, Queens College for mm-hmm. five years, so I. Had some Orthodox encounters. I, I relate to the Orthodox Jews as much as I relate to any fundamentalist. Yeah. yeah, it was it was interesting, you know, because like I had a I had a class one time where it was a intro. It was a women's intro women's studies class, mm-hmm. and there were some Orthodox Jewish girls in the class, which was quite surprising. Yeah, quite surprising. I was <laughs> like, is this the only thing that fit into your schedule? Or I actually think it's just because like I was such an easy grader. Like people would take my class and it didn't even like matter what <laughs> what the topic was. And they were in the class and so I had them do this exercise where like you write out you keep a journal for a week of the things that you do that are like related to your gender and then like think of like what might how you how that might be different like if you were the op the diff- a different gender. So like mm-hmm. if you were a girl like what would you've done differently, you know? And this one girl like gets up and she's like, well, the biggest thing that would be different for me is like, we're not, as an Orthodox woman, I'm not allowed to sing in public. And like my greatest dream in life is to be a singer. Orthodox Judaism is terrible for women. And I just like almost started like burst out. Like it was so, it was so upsetting to me for on, for many reasons, like even like just from (laughs) a personal level. And I was just like, I almost started crying like right in the middle of the class and was like, this is horrible. Oh, like, what so do you many, do? You know, no women in that in that Orthodox have it rough. It's not good. For yeah, women. and I mean, everyone. Same thing with you know. You're saying like little kids unhappy. Yeah, you know, Orthodox kids, Hasidic kids, they're wearing heavy clothes during the summer. They don't get to play sports. They have to study. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. yeah, I'm wary of all extremes. Yeah, I'm doing I a bit so. about this, and I just like I'm any extreme. I just uh, my red flags go way up. I can definitely see why extremes are, yeah. And there's plenty of sexual misconduct in those communities, yes. mm-hmm. but they're so protective and there's a lot of money behind it to keep people quiet. Right. Send them away. A lot of repression. It's interesting how it's like, it seems, this is something I noticed when I, when I wrote that article, because I got so many responses from people that were like, Scientologists, Mormons, mm-hmm. Christians, Muslims, yeah. gay people, like, like people really like, it seems like, you know, people across religions really experience. So there's mm-hmm. so many of the same issues that kind of like come up across any kind of extreme. Exactly. Group. And that's why I'm excited for people to hear this, because not only people <laughs> that are part of the ATI, but people that are in any sort of extreme fundamentalist thing can really probably benefit from hearing yeah. you talk about it. And there's some ways in which like, I think atheism gets there absolutely you know like there's like moments when like you know i can like you know be like i'll be hearing like you know when it's like hitchens or that mm-hmm. that other guy who's the other guy that's like was dawkins yeah richard dawkins richard dawkins right I, he's annoying because how could you be so sure about something right <laughs> yeah. yeah it doesn't seem very scientific but like it's just like it's like you're you're just as hateful and as as restrictive right. and as close minded as like any religious believer, you just have an absence of I belief. prefer to wonder, you know. I, I yeah. why do you have to know what happens <laughs> after we die? Yeah. I'll just I'm just gonna wonder about it. I'm not sure. I think like the fear of the unknown though is just that's such a 
deeply human quality. I think that's thinking about like evolution. I think that's something that's like hardwired and doesn't us. life get boring if you know everything? I think it also takes pressure off if you know there's something good waiting for you. You know, you have to worry less about your your life now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, nobody knows. I think that's really true too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's a lot of people that I saw. You know, like. <clears throat> You know, like you're living, you know, like you're poor or you don't have a great job or you don't have a great marriage or you don't have like something and like, like a lot of people that I grew up with and I would, I would, you know, like you'd see them kind of like grab on to like, well, in a little while, you know, things are going to be awesome because I'm going to be in heaven praising God for all eternity. And I'm like, how is that better? Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't sound like fun at all. And what if you're wrong? Yeah. What if you're wrong? <laughs> that actually was, that was my big, that was like my first crack was the what if you're wrong. Right. I was like in the car with my dad and he was like argue. my dad like loves to argue like little my like theological minutia you know mm-hmm. so he was like arguing this thing with like my brother going off on this thing about like well I'm right about this you know blah, blah, blah. and I remember like just sitting in the back of the car and I thought what's the like there's six billion people on this planet what's the likelihood that this guy is right about everything exactly. you know and that was just the little that was just the was just such a dumb thought yeah but it was just like the little first little like oh yeah you know my parents probably are wrong about so our church probably is wrong about some things and like you know it just kind of spread from there people are insane <laughs> <laughs> people are awful yeah a lot of people yeah a lot of people are great though that's true I've been very blessed in my life by a lot of having a lot of, you know, as an adult, having a lot of really wonderful people in my life and a lot of really great support. And I, you know, I'm very, it's, it, it's, it, you know, it's like you have like a really bad experience or, or something like that. But like, the, I feel like the world kind of evens itself out like it's eventually. Good, you it's know? good to remember that we are the masters of our own design, you know? Yes. You decide where you're going. Yes. No one else decides that for you. And you decide who goes with you there, you know? Yeah. Right. Pick and choose wisely. <laughs> Brooke, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.